This is Unbeaten. Thanks for tuning in. Great to have you listening. Live from Amherst, Massachusetts, in the basement of the Murray D. Lincoln Campus Center, broadcasting on WMUA 91.1 FM and online streaming. Today is Tuesday, October 9th. We have a great topic today, so let's get things started. Welcome back into the Dave Strader Memorial Sports Studio. My name is Ryan Beaton here on WMUA 91.1 FM. After a brief hiatus, we are back on the airwaves. I want to thank Colin, Taylor, anyone else who's responsible for programming that was able to give me a week off that was much needed so I could go home and spend time with my family. Uh, So, it's an exciting time to be talking about sports. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, I think... The thing that I want to talk about first, and hopefully I can talk about for a little bit, you know, uh, of a longer period, which would is uh, which would be the McGregor Khabib fight. I believe that's his name. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, it's another UFC fight that gained a lot of attention. To me, the one thing is I'm a little curious why it didn't get a little bit more attention than it did before the fight. <clears throat> now, I know UFC isn't exactly, you know, it has its cult following. It's not exactly the most popular uh, sport here in the States. I think, you know, it's making a run at boxing in terms of getting up there and combat fighting sports in terms of, you know, like taking views away from, from boxing. and Because, I mean, back in the day, it seemed like boxing was uh, the, the clear-cut dominant combat you know, sport that everyone would watch. I mean, it was pr- probably one of the only ones that got, you know, the media available, the media attention that, you know, maybe other combat sports weren't getting. Then obviously you have Dana White who comes in, starts the UFC, gaining a lot of ground early. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting. It's telling that I really didn't even hear a whole lot about the McGregor Khabib fight before it started but then you look at you know the McGregor Mayweather fight that took place about like a year ago or so and that that fight was obviously like just got so much media attention so much hype so much just all around buzz and really I think it came it came down to the crossing over of sports and I think Anytime you have a crossover between two figures that are that uh, powerful, that have done that much for their sport, their respective sports, and then you put them together and you're going to make them fight, I think, you know, that's going to be, there's, I mean, it, it should have generated a lot of attention, as it did. Now, what I don't understand is it seems as Khabib has a pretty impressive record. From what I understand, he's undefeated. McGregor is obviously known for being pretty much the best of all time in UFC in its relatively short period. So with these two guys in UFC that seem to be the premier uh, like 
prioritized matchup. I don't understand why more people didn't know about the fight before it started. I think that when it comes down to it, when people watch sports that they don't know a whole lot about, they're just looking to see novelty. They're looking to see something out of the ordinary, a boxer fighting a UFC um, athlete. You know, they don't want to see... They don't necessarily care about the, the premier UFC matchup between McGregor and Khabib, and that's just my personal take on it. I know a lot of people did watch the fight, but I know there was a, there's a good amount of people that really didn't and probably didn't even care for it at all. The other thing that I wanted to mention is I don't understand the people who don't watch UFC that root against McGregor because without McGregor, I don't think that if you're, if you're not watching UFC – then, you know, the only, the only person you probably know is McGregor, maybe Diaz. Uh, so I don't really know how you can root against McGregor if you don't watch the UFC. He's pretty much the one that transcended the sport in and of itself. I mean, you, if, you, if you don't follow UFC, the reason you probably know about it is because of him. Or maybe that's what got you into the UFC just because, you know, he was, what, I think the first fighter to hold you know a championship in two weight classes at the same time which was like unheard of at the time and he, he just went through that dominant dominant period where nobody else could you know really seem to stop him and now you sort of see with him it's almost like he's starting to regress a little bit that sort of Ronda Rousey effect where you know you go through such a such a really aggressive period of time where you're, you're beating all of these formidable opponents and then all of a sudden you're just going downhill. I mean, I think he's lost like three of his last four fights in UFC and then obviously, you know, the loss to Mayweather, which wasn't too surprising because, you know, he was a little bit out of his element in a boxing match. But And I think at the end of the day, the whole McGregor-Mayweather fight was more of a publicity stunt than anything. Um, just, you know, to generate absurd amounts of revenue via pay-per-view and whatever, selling selling incredibly expensive tickets. But, you know, I, I think that he's, he's sort of... It was an interesting fight, I think, for his, for his team to set up for him. He just came off that loss to Mayweather. He hasn't really, you know, had a good fight in UFC and, like maybe three or four matches, you'd think that he, you know, his team would want to get him maybe an easier matchup to sort of build up his confidence, shake off the, the dust or whatever, and, you know, get back into his full self before taking on this behemoth that is Khabib, who's, I believe, hasn't lost a UFC match. And there's there's videos all over the internet of, you know, this, this Khabib guy his 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 parents kept footage of him as a kid of him wrestling bears which is kind of ridiculous but i think what so he he grew up in russia or something i i just looked up his uh yeah he grew up in russia so <laughs> nicknamed the eagle there's footage all over the internet of him like rolling around in his backyard with baby bears and i guess that's how that's how he found his passion for <laughs> UFC or something like that. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, 
he, you know, and then there was the whole jumping out of the cage, the chaos coming after the match. And it's weird because I can, I can kind of see both sides here, you know, on a, on a more human, personable, you know, sort of respect side, you can see how Khabib did what he did for a reason. I, you know, apparently, <coughs> excuse me, apparently McGregor was calling his team like terrorists and he was going after his family, uh, his family name and other personal uh, attacks. Uh, that was McGregor going after Khabib. And so Khabib responded in a way that he thought was appropriate and he felt the need to, you know, jump out of the cage start the chaos that he did, and, you know, uh, I think White threatened to take away his championship. So far, we've heard nothing more on that, but, you know, people took to Twitter, the media sort of made Khabib out to seem like a bad guy, but then, you know, he gave his, his statement, and we'll play it here in a second, he gave his statement saying, you know, I don't know why everyone's talking about this, and he's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm the victim here, essentially, and, you know, McGregor was saying all this stuff about me and my family, and why don't you look at more of the more of the things that he's done? I mean, he threw a dolly through a bus window. He almost severely injured a couple people. So, um, you know, I can see I can see both sides for sure. Uh, but yeah, this is what Khabib had to say after the match. What's up, guys? How are you? Uh, first of all. I want to say sorry to Athletic Commission, Nevada, sorry to Vegas. I know this is not my best side, you know, this is not my best side. You know, I'm human being and uh, like I don't understand how people can talk about I jump on the cage, you know. What about he talk about my religion, he talk about my country, he talk about my father. He come to Brooklyn and he broke bus, he almost killed couple people. What about this? What about this? Why people talk about I jump over the cage? Why people still talk about this? Like, I don't understand. I am respect, I, my father teach me, hey, you have to be always respectful. My old team, where I'm training California seven years, everybody know who I am. All my friends, like everybody who know me, they know who I am, you know? And uh, I told you guys, these guys, not only him, his old team and him, they tap machines, you know, I told you guys, when you put him wrong way, he gonna tap, you know, what happened today? Like they call him two time world champion, like two weight classes, but today he tap, and that's why, alhamdulillah, belt is here, undisputed, undefeated UFC lightweight champion, and you know, and I wanna say something like, um, you know, like people little bit, uh, it's not people, I think it's media, media little bit change MMA, this is respect sport, you know? This is not trash talking sport. This is respect, so like I told you before guys, I wanna change this game. I don't wanna people talk about like opponents, talk about his father, like like religion. You, you cannot talk about religion, you cannot talk about nation, you know? Guys, you cannot talk about this stuff. And you know, this is for me is very important. And uh, uh, <coughs> thank you so much. Thank you guys, thank you for waiting for me here. I know my, my father gonna smash me when I go home because I know he's gonna smash me. And uh, Nevada, sorry, 
Vega, sorry, and Alhamdulillah, undisputed, undefeated UFC lightweight champion. Okay, so that's what he had to say. That was his side. Um, I haven't really, I mean, I, if, there, if McGregor did go to a press conference, I didn't really watch that one. I'm not sure exactly what his, uh, you know, his defense was, if anything. But I did, I did like what Khabib had to say. I also, you know, I'm questioning some other things that he said. I, I understand the whole, you know, I've grown up with respect. I've grown up. You know, learning that you don't talk about religion, you don't talk about nation, you don't talk about family in disrespectful ways. And then he, he goes on to say that MMA, UFC is a respect sport. It's, a, it's not as much about trash talking as you think. And I do agree with that. I think the whole trash talking aspect is, you know, solely to sell tickets to sell pay-per-view, and to maximize the amount of revenue they can make off of one fight, which makes, you know, perfect sense. But on the other side, you know, there's the actual fight and the actual sport and, you know, the fact that everyone is just a human, everyone's an athlete trying to uh, participate in their, their sport, trying to make money, for themselves, for their families, whatever, whatever have you, etc. Um, and yeah, I think maybe sometimes there's a gray area where you know people can accidentally cross a line, maybe get get a little too much into the trash talking aspect of the sport. You, we can see that McGregor does this a lot, and he's a very um, he's a very significant. Uh, what am I trying to say? He's a very significant personality on social media. There was the whole bus incident where, you know, he threw the, the, the dolly through the window. As Khabib said, he almost killed two people. I don't know how accurate that is, but obviously I know people were rushed to the hospital. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it can you can get carried away with the whole trash talking thing. McGregor clearly takes this sport and the trash talking nature in it to heart. Um, and then you have Khabib saying, no, you know what, we do this to, we do this to put on a show, but at the end of the day, this is a respect sport like anything, I'm a respectful human being, um, and yeah, so, you know, those are the two sides. The only thing I would question about Khabib, I have no problem that, you know, I, I totally believe that, that this guy is all about respect, um, personally, but... The one thing I don't quite understand about UFC is I don't necessarily think it's a sport about respect. I mean, I mean maybe maybe it is and maybe it isn't. The one thing, just the one thing I'll say is, it's it's such an interesting sport because, you know, in boxing, when you know somebody falls down, you know that's it. You start with the count. The ref starts with the count. It's sort of like this. Uh, agreed upon, I mean, obviously it's the rules, but it's, you know, once a guy's down, you can't touch him, you wait for him to get up, it's very, you know, it seems like a very classical way of going about fighting, whereas UFC, sort of, when it came along, it was all about the, you know, you can, it's whatever mixed martial art you want to throw in there, when a guy's on the ground, you take as many shots as you can, um, and, you know, I think a lot of people might see that as disrespectful. I think, you know, the whole, a lot of people were raised that, with the with the phrase, you know, you never kick a man while he's down. And, 
you know, while I might not necessarily think that it's bad that, you know, mixed martial arts is, I do think that the sport rubs, rubs people who were raised like that, um, raised in a very, you know, re- respect, never kick a man while he's down mentality. I think that does rub a lot of people the wrong way. So that's, I think that's why UFC is so controversial sometimes. And yeah, so that's, that's all I really have to say about, you know, the UFC and the McGregor fight. Uh, I think it was, you know, interesting to watch. Khabib was definitely more of a attack on the ground type wrestler, martial artist, whereas, you know, McGregor is, uh, you know, more of a, I think more of a boxing type, uh, fighter where you know he's he's got the strong the strong left hook and you know all of all of his other jab and you know moves that he uses with his hands um but yeah that's all i have to say about the fight we're gonna cut to a commercial break real quick when we come back uh we will talk about some mlb and just some other general sports headlines all right thanks for tuning in we'll be right back here on wmua 91.1 fm This is WMUA Sports. Show your UMass pride everywhere you go with a UMass Amherst special license plate. All proceeds benefit student scholarships and programs, and the special plate fee is tax deductible. Get all the details and order your plate at umassalumni.com or call 800-456-UMASS. Remember to ride with UMass pride. Hi, this is Coolio. I have it, you have it, we all have it. It's called blood. And every three seconds, someone needs blood. Each year, four million people need blood transfusions. You can help by becoming a blood donor. It's fast, simple, and safe. One donation from you can save up to three lives. Be a lifesaver. Call 1-866-FROM-YOU. That's 1-866-376-6968. Toll free to find out where you can donate and save a life today. You're listening to UMass Athletics on WMUA Sports. All right, welcome back into the studio. Thanks for sticking with us. This is the Unbeaten Show, Tuesdays, 1130 on WMUA 91.1 FM. Uh, if you were with us in the first half of the show... We were talking a little bit about the McGregor fight and UFC in general. Now I'd like to transition into some MLB headlines. Obviously, October is a very, very exciting time. I think it's one of the probably, I think next to the Stanley Cup, I think MLB playoffs are probably right up there in terms of most exciting playoff you know, series or whatever you want to call it. Most exciting postseasons in sports are hockey and baseball, in my opinion. Because, I mean, when you look at basketball, everything's sort of already predetermined. You know who's going to win. I mean, basketball goes exactly how you think it would go up until maybe, like, the Eastern and Western Conference championships. Um, But, and then you look at the NFL, and I think it's, you know, fairly similar. You know that whichever teams usually have the most talented or the hottest quarterbacks at that time end up going very, very deep into the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, MLB, NHL, 
uh, MLB happening right now. Red Sox, Yankees, even more special. Hasn't happened since 2004. Everybody knows what happened then. Um, anytime that you get Red Sox, Yankees, probably the most exciting rivalry in sports to meet up in the playoffs. You know, I think I don't think it's getting enough. Well, it's weird because you want to say it's getting enough attention in the media, but it's just like I think we're used to analyzing that 2003 and four uh, battles, postseason battles between the, the Sox and the Yankees so much. We're used to analyzing it to the nth degree that it almost seems like a little underwhelming this series because it's like there's documentaries, books, uh, whatever you want to call it. It's just There's so much around even the 2004 ALCS. I mean, what is it, like the four days in October, 30 for 30. There's, you know, countless amount of books out on the series and every every. Red Sox player that's written a book will have at least like an entire chapter in their book dedicated to not only like the 2004 season, but just like that entire series and how much it meant for, I think it was like the first time that any team in the major four uh, sports had come back from, you know, a, a three game, a three out deficit. So in, in my opinion, I think this series is a little underwhelming. I think also it's a little unfortunate that we don't get a seven-game series. Um, you know, obviously that's just the way it is. The division series are best of five. But I personally, I think it'd be just great for the sport to see, you know, a seven-game series where competition is just a little bit more drawn out so that we can see the full range of both teams' talents. Um, but it seems like we're kind of seeing that now anyway. Uh, as of right now, Monday, the day I'm pre-recording this, the series is tied. There's a game tonight. So obviously by the time this episode drops, one team will be uh, ahead of the other. And yeah, I mean, I think it'll be exciting. Avaldi for the Red Sox is going tonight. He's sort of, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised Porcello didn't get the, didn't get the nod, but Eovaldi is somebody that's had a tremendous amount of success against the Yankees this season. Uh, the Red Sox pretty much got him for a steal. Uh, they got him from Tampa Bay. And I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on who we sent over there, but it was, you know, probably one of the most lopsided prospect-for-prospect prospect trades. Uh, you know, whatever, what, what have you. And, and it's, still, it's still too early to tell because, you know, these players aren't fully developed. But it, it was a pretty lopsided trade, and I think, the Red Sox definitely got the better end of that deal. And, you know, it's it's even proven because this kid's getting the game three start tonight, the deciding game to see who goes up in the series. So they, they obviously have a lot of confidence in him. Cora has a lot of confidence in him. Um, yeah, I think it, it'll, he, you know, like I said, he's had a lot of success against the Yankees. So you expect good things from him. I mean, we expected good things from Price last game. We didn't exactly get that. But Price doesn't have the track record against the Yankees as Eovaldi does. So it's it's a little different. And then also, I'll sort of transition here. David Price, 
now has, I think, the third worst postseason ERA amongst, like, any starter ever. <laughs> Which, I mean, we knew he wasn't, we knew he wasn't a playoff pitcher from the start. We knew that when we brought him in, he was going to be the guy that got things done more so in the regular season. And, you know, he wasn't even necessarily that either. I mean, he's had, he's had his, his flashes here and there, but I think generally he's just had a very underwhelming performance in Boston. The media has just eaten him alive. He's had altercations with them. And, I mean, I just, I forget how much longer he's under contract, but I could not imagine him wanting to pick up an option of any kind. I would think that he just wants to get out of Boston as soon as he can. It just seems like this has been such a a heavy city to play in for him. I really do hope that you know he's able to win here. I think this is the Red Sox are as strong as ever. This is the time. It's, you know, it's now than never, now or never. And then it's like, I don't even understand why they don't use him like they used him before, where he would come out of the bullpen as like that one, like seventh inning guy that just got the job done, was able to, you know, like, I don't think this, I don't know if this is about like egos or wanting to, and I don't think it is because it seems like he had no problem coming out of the bullpen in the postseason uh, last year. So I don't know why they're, you know, they're starting him. I, I think that, you know, if you're giving the ball to somebody like Eovaldi over Porcello in Game 3, then you clearly have enough confidence in, like, other starting pitchers in your rotation. So might as well move him to the bullpen that already is just constantly looking atrocious. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's I guess that's the only thing I wonder. Uh, maybe Cora has a little bit of a different uh, coaching style. Uh, different way of, you know, running running his pitching staff than Farrell did last year. But overall, I think I have a little more confidence in Cora than uh, Farrell. So whatever he's doing, I'm I'm sure that, you know, he, he's doing something right. And I just really hope that the bullpen will be able to hold up because it seems like the offense is always getting it done. Uh, you know, if they're not if they don't put up seven something runs, then you just know the bullpen's going to give up like four or five runs so then it's like it automatically just comes down to like whoever's starting and you just got to trust that they won't give up like uh you know more than like two or three runs so it's you know it's a little nerve-wracking because you think that a team that won like 110 something games would be able to you know at, at least seem a little more confident against the Yankees I mean not to take away from anything the Yankees did because you have to remember they won 100 games as well so it's, you know, this is baseball. This is why we play the games. Uh, this is why October's so exciting because, I mean, really, it's not like basketball. It's not, it's not something where you already know what's going to happen. Uh, it's, this is baseball. You know, the course of one game can shift just like in one, in like one pitch. So it, it, that's why... You know the 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 series are even more exciting because then it's just sort of amplified and it's like every pitch is really really means something. You never know when the tide of a game, the tide of a series is going to change. 
So I think we're all here for it. We're just trying to sit back, relax, and, you know, especially for us Red Sox and Yankees fans, we're trying to take in something that, you know, hasn't happened in a long, long time, and that's just seeing these rivalry teams go up against each other on baseball's biggest stage. So, yeah, I mean, that's all I have to say about that. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode. We will be back here next Tuesday. I will not be gone like I was uh, last week. So we will be here every week from this point forward. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, follow us at Unbeaten Show. And you can find a lot of helpful links on how to you know, stream the show on iTunes and how to stream it on the internet. So thank you guys for tuning in. This has been the Unbeaten Show. Have a great Tuesday.